Good morning. It's good to see this number with us this morning. Looks like we've got quite a few visitors with us, and we certainly appreciate you being here with us this morning. I'm wearing one of these tonight, and I appreciate Kai and Kathy for providing these for our teachers that we presented them to uh, last night. And I just want to say a, a couple words to our teachers, those that are willing to on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights, uh, teach our young people. It is certainly a tremendous blessing to have so many who are willing to do that on a frequent basis, and uh, those who are knowledgeable enough to to teach. And I'm reminded of a passage in Hebrews, I believe it is, that talks about uh, by this time you ought to be teachers, but you still need the first principles of the oracles of God. And uh, it is good to be blessed with many who are capable of uh, teaching to our young people and teach adult Bible classes and um, ladies' classes and just all the different classes that we have here. It's very important uh, not only to have the classes and to have students in the classes, but also to have teachers as well. So appreciate that very much and uh, every everyone who is involved in that. And uh, if you're not involved, I certainly want to encourage you to consider that in upcoming quarters to... Uh, Look at this little medal that they gave us, Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go. When he's older, he would not depart from it. Certainly a very important passage for us to consider as we teach. I want you to think about your all-time favorite memories this morning. Think about your favorite memories. Perhaps your favorite memory involves being gathered together with family at some holiday get-together. Maybe your favorite memories include a family vacation, maybe gathering around a camping campfire on a camping trip. Maybe it's special memories such as graduations like we're going to celebrate here in a little bit today, maybe a wedding, maybe births of children and grandchildren. We've all got our favorite memories. Our lives are made in these small hours these little wonders. Time falls away, but these small hours, these small hours still remain. Those are the words from Rob Thomas. You might recognize Rob Thomas, popular singer. Uh, he sings for a band called Matchbox 20. And I like those words to that particular song that he sings. Reminds us, yeah, I saw somebody, a 90s music fan back there shaking his head. Uh, but I, I'm reminded of the importance of understanding that these memories are being made in these small moments of our lives. And they seem so small, but at the same time, when you look back years down the road, you look at those small moments, those little wonders of time, and you realize, oh, the time has slipped away, but I've still got those memories. I think about many wonderful memories that I have. I'm reminded of a lot of other song lyrics that I listened to growing up that deal with the poignant theme of memories, every mile a memory. Funny how a melody sounds like a memory. Got somebody back there that likes the same kind of songs I like. I will remember you. Won't take nothing but a memory. That's bad grammar, but good song. Won't take nothing but a memory from the house that built me. 
Maybe you're not familiar with some of those songs, but you could probably think of other songs that have the theme of memories. Memories. Why do so many song artists write songs about memories? Memories are important, aren't they? But I want us to think about memories, and I want us to think about Memorial Day tomorrow. And this is a day in which we remember our nation's heroes, specifically our fallen heroes in this nation, the ones who paid the ultimate price. They gave the ultimate sacrifice so that we can have the freedoms that we have today. And I can't wait to celebrate that tomorrow. And I noticed in the newspaper, and I really appreciate that the monitor does this, but I noticed all those names, names of people who gave their lives in this county. I read those names to Andrew and Amelia the other day. I wanted them to understand. I wanted them to put in their minds that, hey, these were people. These are their names. They gave their lives. They lived right around here, and they gave their lives in the various wars that they fought in so that we can be free. That is so important for us to remember. And we do that particularly once a year tomorrow, but we need to be thinking about it often. But I want to transition our thoughts to the spiritual implications of memories. And in order to do that, I want us to think about the fact that the Bible has quite a few passages that deal with the idea of remembering. In preparation for the lesson this morning, I looked up what does the Bible say about remembering? And this is a tool that I use quite a bit. I believe it's called uh, openbible.info. Openbible.info is really good for topical studies. You can type in what does the Bible say about any subject, and then it'll give you a whole bunch of verses that deal with that particular subject. Well, I looked it up. What does the Bible say about remembering? And I was quite surprised in the large quantity of verses that came up. Exodus 20, verse 8. Of course, this is part of the Ten Commandments. You probably remember this one. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy under that Old Testament covenant. Isaiah 46, verses 8 and 9. In confronting Judah's idolatry, the text says, Remember this. And show yourselves men. Recall to mind, remember, recall to mind, O you transgressors, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and there is none like me. God reminded them, hey, you need to remember the fact that you're my people. You're not acting like it. You need to repent. Deuteronomy 6, verse 12. Deuteronomy being a whole book of reminders as the nation of Israel is about to go into the land of Canaan. Well, they need to be reminded of God's law that Moses presented to them. And so Deuteronomy, the second giving of the law of Moses, a second telling, if you will, of the law of Moses. Deuteronomy 6 verse 12 
says, So it shall be when the Lord your God brings you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fill, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant. So God's just handing this to them on a silver platter, if you will, giving them all this in the land of Canaan. What does he say when that takes place? When you have eaten and are full, then beware lest you forget. Lest you don't remember the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Hey, you need to remember that parting of the Red Sea. Hey, you need to remember the water that was provided to you. Hey, you need to remember the consequences of sin that took place in the wilderness wanderings. You need to remember these things. You don't need to forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt. Moving on to another passage in Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy 8, verses 1 and 2. Every commandment which I command you today, you must be careful to observe that you may live and multiply and go in and possess the land of which the Lord swore to your fathers. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. We need to remember the testing and the humbling that the Lord gives. We need to remember His commandments. Psalm 77, verse number 11, I will remember the works of the Lord. Surely I will remember your wonders of old. Psalm 143, verse 5, I remember the days of old. I meditate on all your works, ruminating in your mind, constantly thinking about what God has done. I muse on the work. Of your hands. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 1. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth before the difficult days come and the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. Isaiah 49, verses 15 and 16. This one is quite poetic and beautiful and it illustrates God's love for His children. Isaiah 49, 15 and 16. Can a woman forget her nursing child? and not have compassion on the son of her womb? And then he says, surely they may forget. Isaiah says, you know what? Generally speaking, they will not forget. And they will not forget to have compassion on that child that they nursed. But sometimes they do. Isaiah says, surely they may forget. It is possible that they may forget. And sadly, we all probably know of situations where mothers weren't treating their children very well. But generally speaking, mothers have a very special love for their children. Mama bear takes care of her cubs, generally speaking. And that's the idea here. But they may forget, but God says, yet I will not forget you. It will not happen. See, I have inscribed you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are continually before me. Well, I want us to get into a couple of New Testament passages that deal with the idea of remembering. John 14, verse 26, a promise to the apostles here 
regarding the helper that would come or the comforter that would come. But the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. This is important because the the apostles are going to be the inspired penmen of the New Testament. They needed to remember all things that God had had taught them or that Jesus had taught them. They are getting the church off the ground, if you will, in the first century. They needed to remember these things. 1 Corinthians 11, verses 23 through 24, in Paul's comments regarding the Lord's Supper, Paul writes, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. We do this every Lord's Day. Might be, I I don't know that I've noticed. I've noticed many uh, tables that the Lord's Supper is prepared on. It says, in remembrance of me. Does it have that on the front there? Many of them do. In remembrance of me. We are to remember Jesus. We are to remember the sinless sacrifice of the Lamb of God. We are to remember His body that was offered for us. We are to remember His blood that was shed for us and purchased us, redeemed us, justified us. We are to remember it every Lord's Day as part of our worship. Remembering is important. I want us to go back to our Old Testaments again. And I want us to turn to the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. Joshua chapter 4, verses 1 through 7. We have the idea in all the verses that you see here on the screen of memorial stones. We could go to Arlington National Cemetery. I saw a video posted a couple days ago from the Air Force Band of the playing of taps in Arlington National Cemetery. It brings tears to your eyes as you think about what all those brave men and women gave up so that we could be free. And you see all of those memorial stones, and I don't know the number of stones that are in Arlington National Cemetery, but I know it's a lot. Many, many memorial stones. And then I think about not just Arlington National Cemetery, but there are many, many other national military cemeteries cemeteries in our land of others who gave their lives for our freedom. Or maybe they didn't give their life uh, in combat, but with the passage of time, they, they did pass and they were still buried in that special place. Why? Because we want to remember what they did for our country. 
And we're going to think about that a lot tomorrow. Memorial stones have extremely rich and deep meaning to us. I want you to read with me Joshua chapter 4, beginning in verse 1. And it came to pass when all the people had completely crossed over the Jordan, and the Lord spoke to Joshua, saying, Take for yourselves twelve men from the people, one man from every tribe, and command them, saying, Take for yourselves twelve stones. You see a picture on the screen. This is what that might have looked at, looked like. Uh, I went to the Ark Encounter in Kentucky last year where you see Noah's Ark. Well, they've also got this there. That's a picture of that uh, just as a display that you can look at. Maybe this is what those 12 stones looked like piled up by the Jordan. Command them, saying, Take for yourselves 12 stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the place where the priest's feet stood firm. You shall carry them over with you and leave them in the lodging place where you lodge tonight. Then Joshua called the twelve men whom he had appointed from the children of Israel, one man from every tribe. And Joshua said to them, Cross over before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan. And each one of you take up a stone on his shoulder, according to the number of the tribes of the children of Israel, that this may be, and this is the key, that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, saying, What do these stones mean to you? King James, what meaneth these stones? I like that way of, has a nice ring to it. What meaneth these stones? What do these stones mean to you? Well, this is when we crossed over the Jordan. God fulfilled his promise. He brought us into the land of Canaan just as was promised to us, to our ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob. God keeps his promises, son. And this is proof. Did you know that he dried up the Red Sea for us? Did you know that he dried up this Jordan for us and let us cross over? These stones remind us of that. You see, it was to be a teaching moment for the children of Israel. Every time they crossed that way, a teaching moment showing their children, this is the power of our God. Then you shall answer them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, and these stones shall be for a memorial, a memorial to the children of Israel forever. You see, this idea that we have today of memorial stones, it goes way back, doesn't it? A few more verses that go along with the same idea Proverbs 22, verse 28, Do not remove the ancient landmark which your fathers have set. Proverbs 23, verse 10, again, Do not remove the ancient landmark. Now, there's a couple of ideas behind meaning here. Probably, well, both would be applicable. Number one, don't remove those landmarks like the ones that you see on the screen. God had a reason for this Landmark, this memorial stone 
visual. Don't remove it. But also, don't remove property boundaries either, as we're about to see in more detail. Why? Because that's dishonesty. And have you ever heard of somebody doing that? Maybe they've got T-post marking off some land. Oh, I'm going to move these a few inches so I can get some more land. Don't do that. That's dishonest. Look at Job 24, verse 2. Job acknowledged that some do remove landmarks. They seize flocks violently and feed on them. Well, they're being dishonest. Deuteronomy 19, verse 14. You shall not remove your neighbor's landmark, a land boundary marker, which the men of old have set in your inheritance, which you will inherit in the land that the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Deuteronomy 27, verse 17. Cursed is the one who moves his neighbor's landmark, and all the people shall say, Amen. What can we learn from this? Memorial stones are important, aren't they? Whether we're talking about landmarks, uh, boundary markers, or we're talking about, hey, remember this event. Remember this person by this particular memorial stone. Don't remove them. Because those who remove them are doomed to repeat history. Those who do not know history are doomed to repeat it. What is one of the most disrespectful things that someone can do to a tomb, to a, a grave marker? Is it not to desecrate it and to do something to that stone? And sometimes we see that. We see news reports of people doing that. And it's utterly disrespectful. And it's disgracing the memory that is supposed to be invoked by Noticing the stone. What is the spiritual significance of remembering? I want us to think about it from a perspective that most people in this room are very familiar with. There are some who are too young. But I remember September 11th, 2001. I remember exactly where I was at when we got the news. I was transitioning from reading class, spelling. I was transitioning to social studies and math class in another room. And we walk in and we see TV screens pulled out. To which... Some of us got excited and said, movie day. I wish it would have been movie day. But the news was on, and the smoke was showing. We found out what happened that day. I remember that, and it is, it is burnt in my memory. I don't think I will ever forget it. Some are old enough to perhaps remember where you were December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. And others maybe who were not old enough to remember that, but maybe had parents 
or grandparents who were old enough to remember that day, that day that would live in infamy when the Japanese attacked Pearl Harbor and it propelled us into World War II. Back to the one that I remember. I remember September 11th, 2001, but you, you know what else I remember? I remember September 12th, 2001. And I remember the singing of God Bless America. And I remember the president throwing out the first pitch at the New York Yankees versus New York Mets game, I believe it was. And I remember the flag that was planted. And I remember the money that was raised for the Red Cross at school to try to help the victims. And I remember the flags that were seemingly on just about every car, not just houses, but on cars. And I remember we had one. We proudly flew it in our car for quite a while. About 19 months later, our nation, to some degree, was in a complete 180. So much so that a country music artist by the name of Daryl Worley, I believe was his name, came out with a song called, Have You Forgotten? Have you forgotten how it felt that day? to see our homeland under fire and our people blown away. Have you forgotten? Reminders are important. Remembering is important. And sometimes people do forget. I'm reminded of rallying cries in our nation's wars, such as, remember the Alamo. Remember the Maine, that's the Spanish-American War, ship that was sunk. Remember Pearl Harbor. Remember. Why? Because memory is a powerful thing. Christian, this morning as we remember, tomorrow as we remember, and for the rest of our lives, as we remember, I want us to reflect on the fact that there's a reason that God gave us a memory. And the reason that God gave us a memory, first and foremost, is because God wants us to remember Him. Remember Him. Remember His statutes. Remember His Son. Remember salvation. Remember the purchase price of that salvation, the blood of Jesus Christ. Remember. People who remember don't give up on God. People who remember don't forsake the way. People who remember do not go on willingly living in unrepentant sin that they just don't care and they're in rebellion to God. They don't do that. People who remember do not take Christ's sacrifice in vain. Remember. In just a few moments, 
We're going to sing a song, and then we're going to partake in a memorial feast, remembering what Jesus did for us on his cross. And again, I remind us all of the words of Jesus, this do in remembrance of me. There's a reason that God told us to do it every first day of the week. Acts 20, verse 7. On the first day of the week, the disciples came together to break bread. We need the frequent reminder. We need to be reminded every Lord's Day what Jesus did for us on his cross. We need to examine ourselves, make sure that we're partaking worthily. We need that introspective moment every week to remind us so that we can live to our best of our ability how he told us to live. We need frequent reflection how much we needed the cross. We need frequent reminders of how little we are and how big he is. Remember. Think about your life this morning. And as you're thinking about your life, I want us to turn and read Revelation chapter 2. Revelation chapter 2, verse number 5. One of the seven churches of Asia, Revelation 2, verse 5, the loveless church, the church at Ephesus. This church, you know what? They were getting a lot of things right. A lot of things right. Read this. Revelation 2, let's just start from the beginning. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, These things says he who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands, I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those who are evil. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. That's a lot of good things that Jesus has to say about the church at Ephesus. But number four, nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Jesus says, look, you're doing a lot of the right things, but you've forgotten the primary motivation for doing them. You've forgotten your love for Jesus. You've forgotten your love for me, he would say. Don't forget your love for the Lord as the motivation for everything that you do as a Christian, verse number five, remember. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the first works, or else I will come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. Remember. That could be you this morning. You might be a Christian this morning but you have left your first love. Remember. Remember him. Remember who you are and repent. It could be the case that 
you are not a Christian this morning. You've never put on Christ in baptism for the remission of your sins, Acts 2, verse 38. Having repented, Acts 2, 38. Having believed in Christ, Mark 16, 16. Confessing that belief, Acts chapter 8. The Ethiopian eunuch. Hey, here's water. What is keeping me from being baptized? If you believe with all your heart, you may. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He commanded the chariot to stand still. Philip and the eunuch both went down into the water and he baptized him. That can be you this morning if you've never done that. Repent of your sins, confess faith in Christ, and be baptized into Christ so that your sins can be washed away. If you need to come for whatever reason, please come. Together we stand and sing.